The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Johnny Bronto with Haunt Scene, and I'm from Orlando, Florida, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And we're from Haunt Weekly in New Orleans, Louisiana, but right now you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Keone Hutton with the Haunting You podcast, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. (laughs) And you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. (laughs) Hey, this is Meat Hook Jim from the Wrestle Horror Podcast, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Brian Foreman from Haunt Topic Radio and Haunter's Toolbox, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Daryl from Haunt Topic Radio and the Canadian Haunters Association, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. It's the beginning of June, and summer's heat is already upon us. Brood X is out in full force, and the zombie cicadas aren't far behind. Badger brings us a wrap-up of Transworld 2021 with a list of interviews with CFX masks, Starrett badges, zombie skin, hallucinations creations, grave effects, and Screaming Banshees Studios. The four hosts bring up one of their favorite subjects, podcasting as we are joined by Jonathan Bailey and Crystal Ramey of Haunt Weekly, Johnny Bronto of Haunt Scene, and Keanu Hutton at Haunting You. Badger brings us the latest in Deadline News. Storm rants about the sinking of the Queen Mary in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim travels to the largest country in the world Russia in between the corpses, and we debut a brand new segment called Ask the Old Crone. The Haunstrumentalist Jerry Fane is back with a trio of spooky tunes, including an exclusive, unreleased Midnight Syndicate track that was created for the live show. All this 
and so much more on this episode of The Big Scary Show. The Midwest Haunters Convention is back for 2021 in a brand new location. They'll be at the Wisconsin Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, June 26th and 27th. Don't forget the pre-show bus tour on June 25th, going to three of Wisconsin's scariest haunted houses. The Abandoned Haunted House, Green Bay Fear, and Terror on the Fox. MHC is open to all Halloween enthusiasts, actors, home and pro haunters. Don't forget their great classes and educational seminars and one of the best costume balls in the world. Visit MidwestHauntersConvention.com for tickets and more info. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. We are live at Transworld in St. Louis. It is Sunday and we're starting to wind down. But we had to come by and see how CFX was doing. We had Tabitha on the show several months ago talking about all the new stuff that they were bringing out and the uh, safety precautions and all the things that were going on. Wanted to find out how they were doing, so I've got Jen and Brooke with us because Tabitha's busy. And dying, apparently. So, Jen, Brooke, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. It's been a good show. Doing fantastic. Excellent. So tell us about CFX, the new stuff you had out there out there this year. Bleh. How uh, how has it been received? You know, it's been two years since a lot of people have seen some of the stuff you've got going on out there. But uh, you've had two years to design new stuff, come up with really creepy things, and you have. How, how has the public reacted to it? There's been some really great reception on it. Uh, we've brought several new things with us this year, a couple of different paint schemes of each one. And uh, several of them are already gone. They walked right off the show floor. People really love seeing it in person. It's way different than it is online, you know. So getting to see that in person and touch them and feel them, and they're like, oh, man, like I, I thought maybe I wasn't as into this as I was, but now that I'm here in person, I can't walk away without it. Yeah, I think it's been uh, really fantastic. Uh, I'm a little newer in the game. This is my first trans world. Congratulations. So it's been great seeing how people have received our new paint schemes. And I feel like as a company, we really like to experiment and try new things. And I think people are loving it. Um, with the new safety restrictions going in, you know, they're not allowed to try things on or anything like that. Did anybody complain about this? And they're like, well, I can't buy it if I can't try it on. No, we haven't had anyone complaining about it. Um, I feel like for the most part, people that come to Transworld are already pretty familiar with our product. They've been here before. They've tried them on. They've used our masks and their haunts and stuff. Um, so everyone is fairly familiar with us and our fit. And uh, they, we've, uh, even though we're not doing public try-ons, Brett or Josh will throw on a mask so people can see how it moves. So they're not totally left in the dark on, on right. seeing that. So as far as the masks, you know, that we've seen out here, you know. A lot of these displays that you see, you see like five or six of the same, just different paint schemes. But I don't see a lot of that here, a few examples. But I'm assuming everything is still totally customizable and everything like that. If I come in and say, I I want this guy, but I want him in a different color with different this and that on it, you can still do that. Yes, um, all of our masks, we can do pretty much any color, any customization on here. So if there's something that is not on the display, we can definitely, you know, suit the customer's needs and and the sky's the limit (laughs) and one of the things i saw out here yesterday was that you were completely sold out of organs it looks like uh that's a good thing they went really fast those are those are great like grab and go and uh it's very rewarding to just be able to be like i'm gonna grab these (laughs) set of fingers and like walk off with it or five pounds of guts 
you know, that's not a sentence that most people would say. You know, I got to grab a few pounds of fingers and guts and just go. You know. Yeah, I think we brought 250 pounds of intestines, and they are all gone. Wow. Only, only like a, a butcher shop would say something like that, and, and we know what it means. But that, that's fantastic. So, what's new? I mean, is there anything here that was just like the showstopper that people were just like, "Oh my God, gotta have that! Need five of these or anything like that?" Oh, uh, Asmodeus has been getting a lot of attention this year. That is actually Brooke's sculpt. Oh, congrats! Um, and she did all of the paint schemes on the ones that we have up there and everything, and everyone is really loving him. Uh, he's been very popular. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, Asmodeus was my first sculpt, and uh, definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into him, and uh, so yeah, it's great to see that people like him. Nice, I, I hope to see uh, several videos of him, or her, in various haunts this year, and I'm sure that will, you'll see that and go, oh my god, I made that, so. That would be amazing, I would love that. <laughs> so for people wanting more information on CFX masks, all the really cool stuff they've got from, you know clowns to demons to whatever out there and i guess you guys can do custom work as well how can they get more information with websites social medias and stuff like that so you can find us um at cfxmasks.com uh we can also find us in uh composite effects on instagram and on facebook composite effects yeah excellent so we'll look forward to seeing some new designs coming out over the next few years and everything. This is the only show you guys do, right? You're not going to be at any of the smaller venues? Um, probably not any of the smaller shows this year. We do try to do Comic-Con every year, but I know that it got canceled last year yeah. because of COVID. And I I think it's been pushed back to Thanksgiving week this year. That's not I'm, a good weekend. I'm not sure exactly what's happening with that or as far as our attendance is that is concerned. Um, but we are going to try to get back in the game as soon as we can. As soon as the world opens back up again, you know, we'll be out there. Excellent. Jen and Brooks, it's been a pleasure to speak to you here on A Big Scary Show. Once again, cfxmasks.com or look for composite effects on all the socials. Thank you guys for taking the time to speak to us here on The Big Scary Show. Thank all right, my so name much. is Drew Badger for the aforementioned Big Scary Show, and we're out. Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, change and now he is me. Hocus pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is fun. We are dead. Joseph E. Levine presents Magic, a terrifying love story starring Anthony Hopkins and Anne Margaret. Rated R. Midnight Syndicate. Creatures of Darkness. Exclusively on the Big Scary Show.
enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference FrightFind will make in your haunt listing. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger. We've got a lot to get into, so we're going to kick off Deadline News for episode 238 with this update to the Midwest Haunters Convention. The Midwest Haunters Convention Kids Zone is back. We are very excited to announce that the Kids Zone will return to the Midwest Haunters Convention. This dedicated area on the trade show floor is designed specifically for kids and their families. The Kids Zone will include a kid-friendly haunted house, airbrush tattoos, trick-or-treat goodie bags, crafts, and much, much more. The area will be sure to keep your little goblins busy with Halloween projects while one of the parents checks out the show floor. Have your kids help you get a jump on the Halloween season by creating Halloween projects in June. Please note, all children under 12 years or under must be accompanied at all times by a parent or legal guardian while on the MHC trade floor, show floor, and in the kids' zone. You cannot leave your child unattended. This is sponsored by the Wisconsin Fear Grounds. Get more information about the Midwest Haunters Convention coming to Milwaukee at MidwestHauntersConvention.com. We have this news from the Abandoned Acres Farm in Sparta, Michigan. Do you like scaring people and getting paid? If so, apply now. Abandoned Acres Farm Haunted Attraction is located 10 minutes north of Grand Rapids in Sparta, Michigan. We are looking for energetic and enthusiastic people to join our scare team at Abandoned Acres Farm. If you love the art of scaring people in a safe, fun environment and are an experienced haunter or first-time haunter or just have a love of Halloween, we'd love to meet you. We're looking for actors of all kinds to work in our two haunted corn mazes and other positions include line entertainers, security personnel, and cashiers. We have an amazing group that will welcome you into this adventure. You must be 16 or older, have a clean criminal record, have a good work ethic, which means arrive to work on time, have respect for your managers and fellow employees and customers, have reliable transportation to and from work, have energy, enthusiastic, be open-minded, and be in good health. If you're interested, please send your full name, date of birth, phone number, prior experience, and any other information about yourself to info at abandonedacresfarm.com. And get more info at abandonedacresfarm.com. We have this update to Days of the Dead coming to Indianapolis. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Louis Gossett Jr. to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Indianapolis, happening July 16th through the 18th at the Marriott Center, Indianapolis. Louis Cameron Gossett Jr. is an American actor best known for his role as Gunnery Sergeant Emil Foley in the 1982 film An Officer and a Gentleman, winning him the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. He's also won Emmy Awards for his role as Fiddler in the 1977 ABC miniseries Roots, 
Gossett has starred in numerous other film productions, including A Raisin in the Sun, The Landlord, Skin Game, The Laughing Policeman, The Deep, Jaws 3D, Wolfgang Peterson's Enemy Mine, and the Iron Eagle series. With an acting career that spans over five decades, come meet Louis Gossett Jr. at Days of the Dead. For more information and tickets, visit daysofthedead.com. We have this news from the American Horrorplex Haunted Attraction in Louisville, Kentucky. Greetings, boils and ghouls. Do you want to become one of us? The American Horrorplex is now hiring. We're located at 2012 Northwestern Parkway in Louisville. We'll be taking applications, previewing live on-the-spot performances, and doing interviews. Acting experience is not required. We accept actors from all backgrounds, and we have a full actor training program that will help you improve your skills. Working for a haunted house is a one-of-a-kind experience. It takes physical and mental endurance, but any seasoned haunt veteran will tell you that the fun of haunting is well worth it. Haunting is an exciting, adrenaline-inducing experience, and there's no other venue that legally gives you the right to scare the hell out of innocent victims and get paid to do it. With your love for Halloween, a positive attitude, and over-the-edge scare skills, no matter what you do at our Halloween events, you'll have more fun than you've ever had during the months of September and October. If you have any questions or would like an application, please email AmericanHorrorProductions at Yahoo.com or reach out to our page on Facebook directly, Facebook.com slash HorrorPlexKY. We have this from the Fear Columbus Haunted Attraction in Columbus, Ohio. This comes to us via Jess. I wanted to reach out because we've been running some off-season events and want to give anyone pining away for haunt season the opportunity to participate in these events as well. Right now, for the summer, we're running our Nightmare Combat event, which is like Monster Laser Tag. The customers get equipped with a laser tag gun and get to shoot you as they walk through the attraction. This is an insanely fun, unique, and interactive event. We did one at the end of April and have more planned for June and July. We're looking for dependable, reliable, enthusiastic people who would love to be a part of something like this. If this is something that interests you, please fill out an application at fearcolumbus.com slash application. Applications go directly to my email and I will reach out from there. Hope to hear from you soon. We have this update from the Pennsylvania Horror Con and Film Festival coming to Brainingsville, Pennsylvania. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Judy Aronson is coming to the Pennsylvania Horror Con and Film Festival August 21st and 22nd. She's best known for playing Samantha in Friday the 13th, the final chapter, and also in the movie Weird Science as Hilly. Judy also starred in the action movie American Ninja, and she's appeared in many TV shows like Full House, The New Leave It to Beaver, Charles in Charge, Growing Pains, and Beverly Hills 90210. Don't miss this great opportunity to meet Judy Aronson at the Pennsylvania Horror Con and Film Festival at the Delta Hotel by Marriott, Allentown, Lehigh Valley, 7736 Adrian Drive in Brainingsville. It's August 21st and 22nd, and tickets are on sale now. For all other info, go to PA Horror. Con.com. That's PAHorrorCon.com. And please help spread the word. We have this from the Nightmare Dungeon Haunted Attraction in Greenville, South Carolina. Introducing 2021 Nightmare Clowns Fright Fest event. 
If you have a clown fear, then this event is definitely not for you. Or if you're the tough guy and think you've got this, then bring it on. We have the fear you're looking for. Now that all this corona stuff has had everyone locked down in their homes for so long with nothing to do, guess what? Nightmare Dungeon has got what you need for that cabin fever. We got your cabin. Bring it on to the scariest event ever held in South Carolina, Nightmare Clowns. This event is unlike any other event we have ever put on other than last year's event, but we're also the only haunted attraction that has ever offered this. It's all creepy clowns inside and out, and it's all hands-on. We have reached out and invited tons of other clowns from other haunted attractions and other groups from all around, and they will be coming to entertain you and their friends up close and personal. For this event, there will be fire performers and other terrifying clowns outside entertaining the crowd as you wait to enter the clown infestation inside this two-story, terror-filled cabin in the woods. Everywhere you walk in this 119-year-old cabin will be a clown lurking at your every move. This will be the scariest event Nightmare Dungeon has ever put on, so we strongly advise you not to miss this event. Opens June 11th, 12th, and 13th from dark until at least midnight, and tickets are on sale now and will never sell out. We're located at 645 Old Anderson Road in Greenville, South Carolina, and look for posts about this on Facebook. Or visit nightmaredungeon.com events to buy tickets in advance And remember, we're open in every kind of weather. And be aware there are no refunds on any tickets sold. Mm. And finally, we have this news regarding Godzilla vs. Kong coming to 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray. This comes via BloodyDisgusting.com. Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. Kong is soon stomping its way to physical media, and we've learned that the mashup fight film is coming to 4K Ultra HD and Blu-ray just in time for summer. Godzilla vs. Kong hits all physical media formats on June 15th. Special features include audio commentary by the director Adam Wingard, Kong discovers the Hollow Earth featurette, Kong leaves home featurette, Behold Kong's Temple featurette, The Evolution of Kong, the 8th Wonder of the World featurette. Godzilla Attacks featurette. The Phenomenon of Gohira, King of the Monsters featurette. Round 1, Battle at Sea featurette. Round 2, One Will Fall featurette. The Titan Tag Team, the God and the King featurette. And the Rise of Mechagodzilla featurette. That's a whole lot of featurettes, everyone. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Drew Badger. It is Sunday, and we're winding down. <laughs> God, this has been a great show, and so glad to have it back. A couple shows back, we had Brian Foreman on. He was vending for the very first time with Scarret badges. I had to come and buy a couple from him this show, and apparently a lot of other people have too. Brian, how you doing? Man, it's been a great show. You know, you're always excited to get here, but by Sunday, you're kind of ready to get home, you know, back to the family. It's Mother's Day, so I want to get back yeah. to my 
gets back to my wife. And but luckily, I only have an hour and a half drive. Oh, uh, you rat! You know, pack up here maybe thirty minutes an hour. You know, I don't and hear head it, out, man. man. I don't want to hear it. Well, yeah, show's been good. Show's been really good. So haunters have been coming in here and saying, "Hey, I need a whole bunch of my scare of those scared badges for my actors for end of year awards or things like that." Yes, we've had um, actors, actor managers, actor managers have been bringing over their owners. Owners have been bringing over their actor managers. Um, we're getting some actors that are buying them just to stick them on their, you know, they're on the shirts and stuff. And they're the other actors are seeing them and then coming over here and getting some. So it's kind of trying to make scare badges go viral. So I'm hoping, nice. hoping this show helps. Let's let's hope for that, man. For people wanting more information, if they. If they want to get some for their haunt actors, whether it's scariest character, whether it's the infamous urine nation actor badge, actor of the year, crowd favorites, and can you vote online for the new new ones yet? We're gonna vote. You got to be at the show to vote. We're gonna choose uh, here at two o'clock, and whatever we choose, we're gonna tally them up, and then we're going to uh, give the winner a twenty-five dollar gift card. We'll probably we gotta talk to Daryl, the business partner, the. The, the man, the myth, the legend, but um, <laughs> the Canadian. We're really gonna pick two or three, probably. Okay. So whatever our top three are gonna be. Looks like it's gonna be fun. Yeah. How can people get more information on Scare It Badges? Scareitbadges.com on the website. Scare It Badges on Facebook. Just send me a message and we'll get things out to you. Brian, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. It's been way too long. Glad to have you on the show a couple weeks ago. Glad the Scared Badges in its debut is doing so well. Thanks for stopping by, man. You got it, man. And I proudly wear three of the badges on my battle jacket because I think they're pretty cool, and you should get your very own. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here live at Transworld wearing down because <laughs> I have more than an hour and a half drive back. Last mile. Yeah, yeah. And we're out. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth, this is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so one of the big uh, news articles that caught my attention this week was about the RMS Queen Mary. That's right, the 85-year-old ship that's uh, docked in Long Beach, California, you know, making all those transatlantic um, journeys, even ferrying soldiers and everything over the years uh, during World War II, and, you know, reportedly haunted and a neat tourist attraction and everything for California. But the thing is, you'd think that such a landmark, such a tourist attraction, such a, you know, just piece of history and high-profile uh, thing like that um, would get the attention it's needed and apparently there are a lot of reports saying it's not yeah the queen mary is going to capsize in 
uh, another couple of years if absolutely nothing is done with it. Uh, it's really behind on repairs, you know, just the, the batters of being an 85-year-old sailing ship. Um, you know, the, the, the boat's actually owned by the city of Long Beach, but, you know, they also have the leasey agreements, and it's been changing hands over years. It's currently in a bankruptcy setting, you know, with uh, COVID and just the, the tight margins of trying to run, you know, a historic hotel on a wharf like that in, you know, tourist areas like Long Beach and stuff. It's a, you know, while a neat item and everything, it does get to have a, a thin profit margin. But they've really ignored a lot of the repairs and maintenance that's needed to be done with it to keep up with it over the years. Um, you know, almost uh, negligently so by some of the reports. I mean, it just looks like that money that's been put aside for that just has been ignored and not really addressed like that. That's one thing we need to take away. You know, your, your haunts and what you do is iconic. Um, you know, even if it's just yourself, if it's just your neighborhood, you know, home haunts can become iconic and something that's very meaningful to your neighbors and stuff. But you gotta give it a little bit of love and care. You gotta give it the maintenance. You gotta put aside a little each year. You know, you, you love the haunted awesome props and stuff that comes out but you can't buy all the new stuff every year you gotta put some money aside to reinvest in it and 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 shape up and make sure you're doing the maintenance on your things even your 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 wall panels and stuff you're going to have to replace some uh each year and especially the price of wood and and, and materials and things right now it's a tough go with it but just remember a little bit of the maintenance now will will save you from looking at you know possibly losing something iconic like the Queen Mary or, you know, having to really shell out some money in the end. So remember, don't capsize your haunt. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Storm. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Hello, buddy. Drew Badger. We are live at Transworld in St. Louis, and we are having a great time hanging out with all the cool kids, including this one. We've talked about zombie skin many, many times over the years. It's a fantastic product. It's, it's unlike any other latex-type thing you'll ever use in your life, and there's new stuff coming out this year with the owner, Joe Glenn. Joe, how are you doing? Drew, always a pleasure, man. You guys actually were the first ones to actually yeah. promote our product back in 2012 at yes. uh, MHC and MHC. Ohio. You, me, and the Wolf Brothers yes. were at the costume contest, and you were like, by the way, I've got this cool thing, and I'm like, do tell. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, it's, you know, it's crazy how things have happened and progressed. Now we have a beautiful booth. You know, it, it's just amazing. You know, the Han industry has just welcomed me with open arms. You guys have been fantastic. It's been neat. We've done a lot of new stuff. Our product's still the same quality product it's always been. Added kits. We have an FX kit with 10 foam latex wounds in it teach you how to blend out a prosthetic pro just like the pros for the benefit of those people who may not know what zombie skin actually is tell us what makes it so unique and what it actually does okay zombie skin is actually the only cosmetic grade latex on the market that is designed to be used on the body 
So we say don't use it around the eyes and in really sensitive areas. But I can say body painters are using our product to make nipple covers. They're using it for all sorts of things. And you know, you have a quality product. We work on it. We listen to what our customers are asking us to do. And we're providing the best service and product we can. And I think the fact that it sets up so quickly is just a really, re- not, you know, how many times have you been sitting in a makeup person's chair with them blowing the hair dryer on you, trying to get that latex to set? And no doubt. I mean, we're designed to be used on the body, so we're designed to dry off air and body heat. So, again, even with our kits, I mean, we're used on major motion pictures all the way down to TV shows, weekly shows. It's really been crazy how it's blown up, and it's only because of what happened here in the Han industry, and part of what you guys have done for us, too. Oh, push off. Hey, just calling it like I see it. I mean, you know, anyone who knows us, we provide the best customer service in the industry. I'll challenge out with anybody. There you go. So tell us what the uh, kits are. This is something new this year. Yeah, we came out with the Pro Haunt kit. It can, it's 24 one-ounce syringes, 100 foam latex cuts and wounds. You know, some people charge $10 for a cut and wound. A decent wound. We got like throw pieces and all kinds of bites, different things in there. Really is cool. You get a hundred of them. You get fifty simple sponges. They're they're like fifty cents a piece if you buy them at a makeup store. <laughs> and then you get four stainless steel spatulas. So it makes it nice. Then we have one that's like basically the same thing, but it's a medium kit and it's half of everything. So it works out great. They've been selling like crazy out here at Transworld. Nice. So if you're a makeup artist and you've got like 40 people you got to work on a night and you need to put a prosthetic on, something like this would be very, very useful. It's going to be perfect for what you're trying to do and accomplish. Because it's just so quickly to set it's up. It's quick, and- it's easy, and it's functional. Let's face it, Han owners aren't making money if they're wasting products, and they're not making money if they're not out there scaring. Right. So get them in, get them out, get them scaring. Absolutely. So for people wanting more information about zombie skin, the kits, you know, you've got the syringes. Do you have new colors this year? No new colors, just red and black. We actually dropped zombie rot because, ah. you know what, it was kind of rotten and just going away by itself anyways. <laughs> okay. So we kind of let that one decay and go away. So what we did is we, we stuck with what we know. The original, the flesh tone, the red, it's a blood red, the black. They work great. Our burn kits are awesome. There was some TV show that was on HBO that used to use our product, but it ended in uh, something with dragons and fire and burning people, yeah, so that's our yeah, kid. Something there, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was probably some hack show, who knows. But, Possibly. But anyway, for people wanting more information on that, what are some websites, social medias, and things like that where you know, can get more You can info? hit us up on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, but mainly hit us up at our website, www.zombie-skin.com. Joe Glenn, always a pleasure to speak to you, my friend. It's, it's great to uh, use this stuff. I have used some of this stuff in the past, you know, as a makeup artist for zombie walks. I have used some of this stuff for my own Halloween stuff. I've used this on my kids for Halloween stuff. They like the fact it sets up, like, really quick. It's easy to paint over. It's easy to use. And it just peels right off without, you know, sticking at you and pulling the hairs off your arm. I like that. So, zombie-skin.com, Joe Glenn. Thank you for speaking to us here at the Big Scary Show here at Transworld in St. Louis. My name is Drew Badger, and we are out. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, 
and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And ladies and gentlemen, that music you are hearing does signify that once again, you have made it to the round table of terror here on the Big Scary Show, where we have been podcasting for over nine years now. Hope you caught our ninth anniversary special a couple of shows ago, and we hope you're enjoying part one of our Trans World Wrap-Up Show. And speaking of podcasting... You know, for nine long years, we have been putting out content for you, and a lot of people have put out podcasts regarding the haunt industry in that amount of time. Some people have stuck around, some people have not, and it's been a, oh gosh, it's been probably four or five years, maybe about four years since we've talked to some podcasters, and we thought this would be a good time to kind of go back and see how the technology has changed, see the new types of shows that are out there. Do we have a glut of podcasting out there for the haunt industry? Absolutely not. I think everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has something they can share with someone else. So let's talk to podcasting. I want to welcome our guests tonight. First of all, down in Orlando, Florida, we have Johnny Bronto, who is with Haunt Scene. He puts out a show pretty much every week when he is putting his seasons out. Johnny, are you with us? Hello, everybody. Great to have you on the show, and I hate that we missed each other at Transworld. Don't know how that happened. Yeah, I guess we were just busy. I, I, I guess so. Uh, up in Chesapeake Beach, Maryland, we have Keone Hutton, who is with Haunting You. He puts out a sh- one show a month. How are you doing, sir? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Great to have met you during the Fear Expo moderation panels that we were doing, so glad to have you here. And last but certainly not least, we have Jonathan Bailey and Crystal Ramey from Haunt Weekly. Ironically, they put out a show every week from their abode in New Orleans. Jonathan and Crystal, how are you guys? Doing great. Happy to be here. Excellent. We'd also like to introduce our regular hosts up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. Uh, Greetings from the land that, you know, kicked off the whole true crime podcast issues with Rhode Island and our mobsters. Nice. Nothing like the uh, Rhode Island mob. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. Fresh off the convention for the Squared Circle Expo, a pro wrestling convention, my other podcast, Wrestle Horror. And this is going to be exciting. We've talked to Jonathan and Crystal recently, and I'm looking forward to talking to these other gentlemen about podcasting. Way to plug the other podcast. Nice. Up in... Columbus, Ohio, we have Jerry Vane. I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I will refrain from the that's what she said comment. My name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. I want to welcome all our podcasters here. And uh, let's get started with Johnny. Johnny, how did you get started in podcasting? What was it that made you decide, hey, I want to do this? 
and how did you create Haunt Scene? Well, let's see. So we're in our seventh year. Um, I wasn't into spooky stuff, and I moved down to Florida from Detroit, Michigan. And even though there's some amazing haunts up there, Erebus and all that good stuff, which I got the chance to do later, um, I really wasn't into it until I, I did Halloween Horror Nights at, at, at Universal Orlando, and I, and I fell in love with it. And then I realized soon afterwards that there were independent haunted attractions, which I liked even better. So uh, after getting into that, I realized that there really wasn't much of a scene for that in, in my neck of the woods in Orlando. So we decided to, uh, decided to start Haunt Scene and uh, had a rough go of it for the first couple of years. I had some personnel changes. First, first co-host quit on me. Second co-host just kind of was there. And then, uh, and then uh, thankfully, uh, my, my co-host Melissa joined the show and it's been history ever since. I was going to say we, so I assume you had partners, but you just answered my question on yeah. that. So nobody wants to watch a show from me. So I've got, <laughs> I've got a, I've got Melissa. She's my, she's my spark plug. Oh come on, you're a very handsome man there. Oh thanks, I did just shave. <laughs> uh, Keone, same question. How did you get started with haunting you? Sure. So I am a home hunter by trade, and I've been doing that since I was in sixth grade when I visited someone else's home haunts and was like. I think I could do this better and started the next year and it's grown, you know, ever since, but then I made the uh, career choice to join the coast guard, which has put a significant damper on my home haunting in general. Uh, I got the opportunity to go back to Colorado where I grew up though, for a couple of years uh, while the coast guard paid for me to go to grad school. And so I got to hook up with my friends from high school who I'd been haunting with. And we put together like a 900 square foot, uh, home haunt based on Arkham Asylum had the Joker and um, Joker was the big one, Scarecrow, a number of a number of classic villains that uh, and had I think it was around five or six hundred people come out, which for us was unbelievable, just the most we had ever seen. But after that, I moved away, and so my friends John and Leslie, who are my co-hosts now, uh, we were trying to find a way to to keep that Halloween spirit alive and my friend pitched, Hey, why don't we uh, do a podcast and talk about how we did Arkham? So that's, that's really how it started. We start we, our whole first season was on uh, talking about how we did Arkham and uh, we laid out all the different steps we used to make it happen. And then since, uh, since we wrapped up with that, we've been uh, using it as an opportunity to show everyone else how we are planning our next hot and the journey that we're taking from now to hopefully one day opening a pro haunt. Nice. So you also have co-hosts. I do. Yes. Uh, John and Leslie are absolutely essential and uh, I could not do it without them. Are they local or are they elsewhere? No, they're back in Colorado. So uh, that makes it a little more difficult. I do most of the building of the haunt and uh, they support me as best they can. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jonathan and Crystal, same question. Um, we both have been lifelong home haunters pretty much in various degrees. We opened our current home haunt, which we're actually sitting in a room of right now, um, 2005, right after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. It was our first year. Um, and we've been operating it ever since. We've been forcibly closed the last two years, 2020, because of the ongoing global bastard. And um, uh, and 2019, because we didn't have no road. So we were, but we're looking forward to the 2021 season. We've got a great haunt. It's been built for two years now. So we're looking forward to showing off. But as far as podcasting, I've been a podcaster for many, many years before Home Weekly. I had a podcast called the Copyright 2.0 show, part of my daily, my, my day job. 
And I, that ran for damn near 300 episodes through various co-hosts and everything. But when that ended, it's kind of like I wanted to get my podcasting fix a little. But Crystal and I noticed that we're having these really long conversations about haunting anyway. We go to a bar, we just sit around and chat and drink and hang out and talk about haunting. Why not put a microphone in front of it and see what happens? Right. And I had also been looking for haunt-related podcasts and was not able to find any that were being put out regularly at that time. Yeah. This was years and years and years yeah. ago. We're on episode so. 285 now to give you an idea <laughs> on weekly. Yeah. So it took us a while to get to actually recording the podcast, but we went to HauntCon and I was floating the idea around to people that I met and they were all like, you're crazy. You cannot keep up a weekly schedule, but here we are at almost 300. Yeah. And having done it every week. And one of the other things that's funny is we had the domain and the name yes. before we had the podcast idea Yeah, because you bought the domain mm-hmm. wanting to do a, haunt, a weekly haunt craft segment, which I thought was a really cool idea. And it was going to be all you, but that we never were able to get that fully off the ground. So we said, Hey, let's name it the podcast. It saves us nine bucks on a new domain. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm going to jump in really quickly. Jonathan, um, I'm here. I, I do the editing for our show, and I'm hearing you coming through Crystal's mic. Your mic's not on, is it? Yeah, it should be on. Hang on one second. Yeah, because I hear her nice and clean, and you are. Okay, can you hear me better now? There we go. Sorry, my gain was. This P4 is like stupid sensitive. You turn down no, the gain, no, even a micro. It's good. I, I Jim was sounding kind of weird too. So I do the editing for the, for the round table. I'm like, something's not sounding right here. So I, I want, I'm marking, I've written down when, I, when uh, I'm good saying idea. this so I can edit it out later. Yeah, that's because y'all are professionals and do things like editing. We do not. Um, <laughs> that's that one of the mean? secrets to the weekly format. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So um, were you guys big fans of podcasts before? Did you like listen to stuff before you made the decision to just go ahead and create one? Or was it just like, well, I've heard of this thing called podcasting. Maybe, maybe I'll try it and see what happens. That goes out to everybody. Uh, I'll go first because I'm not shy. Uh, <laughs> uh, my show is a, we actually do a, a webcast format and then publish it as a podcast um, from day one. Uh, I've always... Uh, felt at least for for what I do, uh, having a visual medium helps when you're trying to show these things off. Um, and then over the last couple of years, I've decided to start publishing the episodes as a as a podcast. So, um, I uh, I I had to teach myself all this stuff from from scratch, you know. And it's it's nice to be at a point where you're not. Un, not forgetting to unmute yourself every time you go off camera. I know you guys know what I'm talking about, uh, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 been a it's a huge night and day difference. But you know, even from when I started, this this right now is where I wanted to be. So I'm I'm pretty happy with with everything. Oh, uh, if you listen to some of the early shows we had, you know, our first year, I had the Russian uh, con- uh, uh, telephone connection. So basically it sounded like I was calling from Siberia because half the time the fucking thing worked and half the time it didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm in Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, and nobody could hear me. I'd, ha- I'd have to send you my comments by text. I, I <clears throat> agree with Jerry. That first year was, was a learning curve for the big scary show as well. I mean, we were just flying by the seat of our pants and – and hoping it worked and uh, threw it against the wall and see what stuck, you know? So how many, t- how many platforms did we switch to trying to find a way to record the round table? <laughs> Several. 
I think we tried everything known to man back in 2012, and 90% of them don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conference call. Oh, yeah. So, Keone, how did you... Uh, yeah. You know, for me personally, I kind of have had a waxing and waning relationship with podcasts over the years. There are times I really get into them and listen to a lot of stuff, and times I get on a lot of it has to do with if it fits into my life. Like my favorite time to listen to podcasts is road trips. You're going on a 10 hour road trip. Like when we drive to St. Louis, that's the perfect time to pop on a podcast and just let it ride. And now we haven't been taking so many road trips lately, but I've been actually listening to podcasts while I work and while I sleep. So it's been finding a new way into my life, but that's the thing. It's like, does it fit into my life? But yeah, I've, I've, I've had a familiarity podcast way before I ever started one. And that includes the copyright 2.0 show. Yeah, and basically the same for me. I've I listen to them a lot at work because um, I find that it's and also working out. If I'm if I'm exercising somewhere, you know, having something that I know is going to be about the time that I want to exercise, and it gives my brain something to think about other than the fact that I don't want to do what I'm doing. You know. Yeah, Chris, yeah, it's something other than the thought. This sucks. This sucks. This sucks. Exactly. This sucks. This sucks. Going yeah. over and over in your head. Yeah. I think you guys just hit it on the head for me too. I had never heard, even heard of a podcast until John pitched the idea of haunting you for me or to me. So I did a lot of catching up and a lot of learning in that first year. Um, and same, I, now I listen to a number of podcasts, especially when I'm uh, working out because I absolutely despise running, but it's really good for me. And so uh, haunt weekly, big scary show, both of you have been lifesavers for my workout regime. So I appreciate that. Art. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hates running, especially when you're being chased. Yes. <laughs> yeah, zombie we'll running. Sure, really we'll be that. sure to slip in some encouragement for you with the next podcast. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep going. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Pace yourself, pace yourself. You're all going to die if you slow down. Watch out for that car. If you uh, if you hear it subliminally, yes, we're doing that intentionally. So. <laughs> I'm going to be putting back, backwards maskings in the round table. <laughs> there we go. Go work out. Go work out. <laughs> so, Jim, you have a, a secondary podcast, not necessarily haunt related, but how did you decide to get started in that as well? Uh, well, it is kind of haunt related, actually. Um, kind of, yes. And we've had Crystal and uh, Jonathan on the show before, uh, and you know, it was something that uh, my partner Donnie and I actually—it was his brainchild. Uh, wrestle horror combining the best of wrestling and horror into one show and you know being that i've done this so long for big scary show it was just kind of an, a natural progression and, and it flowed really well and you guys as I, as I as you mentioned before you just got back from the squared circle expo so no doubt you have a lot of material to work with over the next few weeks i've got some of the most amazing interviews i've done in the 10 years i've been doing this Oh, really? Thanks. <laughs> Don't take that wrong, but all I can say is listen to the show next Monday. Boogeyman and the Headbangers. Phenomenal. Nice. We've had the Boogeyman on our show. He is he is truly a nice guy. Really took to my son. Gave him a lot of uh, words of encouragement when I met him at a convention. So He was completely 100% in character when I interviewed him. And then uh, the funny thing was, there's a local wrestling star here in Hamilton named Shauna Reed, who just got done training with Dustin Rhodes. And we were interviewing her, 
and the boogeyman stuck up behind her because she's terrified of him. And it was not a work. The whole interview was cute. And oh my gosh, it is gold. And that will be on the show as well. Sounds like a lot of fun. I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We are talking podcasts with Jonathan Bailey and Crystal Ramey from Haunt Weekly, Keone Hutton from Haunting You, Johnny Bronto from Haunt Scene, the usual hosts who do The Big Scary Show. We're going to take a very short break, pay some bills, and we'll be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the round table of terror here on The Big Scary Show. We are talking podcasting with our guests, Keone Hutton from Haunting You, Johnny Bronto from Haunt Season, Jonathan Bailey, Crystal Ramey from Haunt Weekly, our usual hosts and storm i think off the air here we were talking and you had a question coming up um yeah uh you know what we haven't talked about is the subject matter and the focus of each of the shows which you know to have a successful podcast you really do need you know that little focus that little thing to go with it and um so I think we'll ask everybody that because it also flows through when you visit their websites, when you listen to their show, you see a real brand built with it too. So I just want to hit off uh, Jonathan and Crystal. What about you? What is the focus and subject matter and real theme of your show each week? 285 episodes. That's a big ask. Um, I'm be honest <laughs> with you. Um, we are home haunters and I think we're not making the effort to go pro for a variety of reasons, but so we definitely target issues for home haunters and smaller haunters because they're the people we identify most with. And from there, you know, we can discuss just about anything in haunting. We oftentimes bring on guests who are far smarter than us in the topic du jour. Those are often the best episodes, but um, like I said, last week we did one on PR and haunting, for example, because I have a, a public relations slash advertising background. So I got mm-hmm. to talk about that. Um, but we've done everything from that to basic building, lighting, distressing. The, there's been something for everyone. It's been the hope. Yeah. And my favorite segment that we do is the Women in Haunting se- series, yeah. where we bring um, women haunters on and talk to them about their experience in the haunt industry. That's awesome because one thing that people, it's weird because owners and operators always want to look for that magic brush that, you know, the thing that, you know, affects every haunt the same way. And it just doesn't exist. And sometimes more so in home haunters. So that's why it's really weird that you, you you think, am I ever going to have enough subject matter and focus for it? And you do, you always do, because there's always some new experience or some new subject matter with it, even for a home haunt. Yeah, we have never been want for a topic, really. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. sometimes come up with a topic last minute, but it's never been a challenge to come up with a topic. 
Yeah. Oh, well, we, we, we won't let in on our secrets with that one and, you know, exactly how 13 Questions of Doom evolved. Uh, Keone, what about you? What is the focus and subject matter of haunting you? Sure. So I mentioned earlier that we are a bunch of home haunters and we hope one day to go pro. And so we're really trying to use Haunting You to document that process so that other people who want to go pro, they can um, see our pitfalls, see what we learned and uh, take it and run with it. So we have a lot of fun uh, getting out into the industry, meeting the professionals, trying to pick their brains, see how they do things um, to help us not make the same mistakes they did. Oh, yeah. So that's what we're about. Now, that's fantastic because that's pretty much like the biggest question ever in the industry. You yes. know, if the first time you're getting involved going with it, that's always a question. And then even if you've been in the industry for 20 years or whatever, you have an opinion on that too. Exactly. What is pro? What is not pro? You can, you know, uh, debate that over a couple of beers and some choice drinks till you're blue in the face. Johnny, what about you? What 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 is the subject matter of Haunt Scene and where's its focus? So Haunt Scene is a travel show where we're if we kind of formatted ourselves after something you'd see on like the Travel Channel or Discovery or something like that. We're uh we're not haunters, but we're enthusiasts enough to be a part of the industry. And one of the advantages that we have is we've done so many haunts that we're not we're way beyond your average fan but we're not quite a haunt haunter ourselves so we can take all of that thing that we know about the industry and really try to help the haunted attractions uh, that's kind of our focus we do a lot of stuff behind the scenes especially with the local haunts here um we started off in like the review thing for the first couple of years and i just decided that i like having friends in the haunt industry and being a straight up reviewer didn't really help with that so uh, we kind of shifted gears a little bit, and uh, we travel around and show people what's out there. Our, our uh, main goal is to do one haunt in every state, and uh, we've done 76 haunts in 16 states. Not bad. And uh, and we're, we're eventually going to do all 50 states. So our, our philosophy is if you don't know something's out there, how are you ever going to do it? So we want to create awareness and promote the haunted attraction industry because, to me, haunters and characters are rock stars, and I wish people appreciated that more. Awesome. What's the furthest you've gotten from home base to, uh, you know, check out a haunt? So me personally, um, we have gone up probably the Northeast a little bit. I think like Haunted Overload, Shelton, Connecticut, that kind of area. Uh, Melissa, my co-host, has actually been to Japan to do Halloween Horror Nights out there. And uh, we basically just pick one small region every year and we either drive there or fly there and uh, hit up a couple states and we'll chip away at it until uh, until we, we get the whole thing done. So, we'll yeah, I try. think you were. I think you were coming to the Carolinas last year, were you not? Uh, yeah, we went up through. We went up through Georgia, and then we did uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia last year. Yep. Yeah, we we were. There was some reason we couldn't get together, and I, I can't uh, remember. Yeah, I think it was a conflict again, on my part. Once yeah. again, it was Drew was too busy for me. So. Oh sure. <laughs> you and your traveling self, and, and I'm one. I'm one to say that. So. Uh, you bring up an interesting point when you talked about your co-host going to Japan. Do you, any of you guys use your, you know, quote unquote, media powers to get access to conventions? I mean, Johnny, did you have a media pass to go to Transworld or did you, you know, buy a ticket and all that? Or have you used or do you try to when you go out for conventions or places say, hey, you know, is, you know, 
are you allowing media access for this? And, and can we be a part of that? We've been turned down by many, many conventions, but a lot of conventions have said, especially nowadays that podcasting is hot. It's like, oh, you're a podcaster. Why don't you come, come and see our show and let us know what you think of it. You can interview these people and these people and stuff. You know, it's, it certainly has gotten easier over the years, but, but how have you guys been able to use that? I, I hate to say to your advantage or have you. Do you, do you want me to go first? Why not? Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you our process. So obviously in the, in the first couple of years, you're nobody. You're literally nobody. And, and you really need to, um, you really need to create a, you got to create a voice in the industry, right? Like we went to all these different haunts. We bought all our tickets and year after year, we don't support all the haunts in any way, shape or form that we could. And uh, after a while, you start to get a little bit of a, a following. And then for us, it's been more of the approach. Uh, we don't, we always try to give more than we get. Uh, when we do reach out to a convention or a haunted attraction, they know we're coming uh, well ahead of time. Uh, we have a media kit. You know, we're not doing this stuff for free tickets. Here's what we've done. Here's what we can do for you. Uh, we'll bring the drone. We'll bring the 360 picture. We'll bring the scare cam. We'll bring the GoPro. We'll do the timeline. We'll do everything we can for you. Um, and then most of the time with haunts, it's not a problem. You know, we're normally they're happy to have us, you know, because I, I don't know. Um, I, I There are a lot of people that I think don't do what we do for the right reasons. And that really bothers me. So I try to overcompensate for that by showing them, look, I'm legit and look at my body of work. And, you know, I like to have people on my show. Usually that helps having ahead of time, you know, and um, just trying to, to, to bring a level of professionalism to what we do. Uh, but as far as like trans world goes, um, I reached out, I mean, they'll give me like the media ribbon thing, you know, I mean, I wasn't like, they didn't like fly me out or anything like that, but you know, I, but I've, I've never really had a, had an issue with that. Excellent. It's, it's all uh, about the approach. Of course, Jonathan and Crystal, we actually met at a convention in Texas Mm -hmm. A couple of years yeah, ago, Halloween and Haunt Fest, I believe it was. Absolutely. The uh, unfortunately, the last year they had that before they yeah. kind of transformed into Texas Honors Convention. But uh, were you guys out there on media, and and or do you guys travel on media, or oh. do you just go places? Yeah, I traveled to that on a, a speaker pass. I was actually also talking, so I had a, a speaker pass for it. And but I do not. We don't travel on media. In fact, we have a pretty strict rule when we go visit haunts. When we um. When we do these trips, like we do those yearly trips too, where we find some city or some location and try to hit as many haunts as both our bodies and bank accounts will allow. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for us, it, it means a lot to us to pay and buy those tickets. A, because that way any opinion we give on the experience is not loaded by the free ticket or anything like that. But also, it's just a part of how we support haunts. I'm not saying that, and like um, was pointed out by Johnny there, there are a lot of people that definitely do not do this ethically. They demand free tickets. They kick, stomp, and whine and all that. We don't want to even be potentially mistaken for that. Our rule is if we can buy tickets online before we get there, we've done it. And so there's been many times like, oh, let's give you free tickets because we're wearing our Haunt Weekly or Garbage Horror shirt or whatever. Or they just know us. Or they just have seen there. us around. Yeah. And like, nope, can't, already bought them. Ha <laughs> No, just... You can't give us freebies, eh. but so we do that. We do that a lot. The haunts, and I know some of the haunts locally get frustrated because they know us and they want to give us free tickets, and we just don't let them. Yeah. We make it impossible. 
but like I said, that's our approach. And like I said, I think it's fine to get free tickets as long as it's disclosed and as long as you're doing it, like Johnny was talking about for the right reasons. It's just for us, it's easier to pay and go enjoy and have our, and express our opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, you know, reviewers get a bad name because a lot of people think they're just in it for free tickets and stuff. And yeah, and it's really just yeah. a very small minority of reviewers. In my experience, most haunt reviewers seem to be very good about this, mm-hmm. but that small minority, man, they screw it up for everyone <laughs> that they can. Uh, Keone, how about you? Do you travel to other haunts and things like that for your show? We, so kind of the way, uh, Johnny mentioned, uh, when in your first couple of years, you're kind of a nobody, that's where we're at. We're kind of a nobody. And so as we're traveling around and trying to talk to people, we are, we try to be uh, very transparent about, uh, how small we are and, uh, what we're trying to accomplish and what we hope to get out of it. So when we travel to conventions, it is all about us trying to go there and learn. And, uh, then we get to share what we learn on the podcast, but we're not about trying to like get freebies or anything else. We just want to learn as much as we can and then share what we're learning with all of our listeners. Sure. We hope uh, in the future to start getting out into, get out to some haunts uh, so we can feature them, um, try to show all the cool stuff that they're doing. And at the same time, learning some behind the scenes that we can then incorporate into our own haunting. Are your haunts more interview driven or are they more conversation between you and your co-hosts? It's a lot of conversation uh, with me and the co-hosts. We we're building our haunts, Sanguine Creek Estates live on the podcast. And so uh, every most episodes uh, we're talking about some aspect of the haunt that uh, we're working on marketing one week, character development, one, uh, one episode, the layout development, one episode uh, and, taking people through our process and then interjected through there when we can manage to get a really cool guest, we'll bring a cool guest in to, uh, to talk about something specific and, uh, and then flush it out that way. Very nice. Uh, Johnny, how about you? Are you mostly interview driven when it comes to going to haunts and talking to the people there or going to shows and things, or is it also just conversation driven? Uh, for for i mean on the show that we do it is uh interview like it's strictly interview asking questions we usually ask the guests for some talking points to make sure that we hit everything that they want to talk about but when we go to a haunt we're there to create content we're there to take pictures of the characters we're there to create as much crazy stuff as we can in the short time that we're there because that shows off what that haunt's all about. You know, like I said, it's creating awareness of here's the kind of aesthetic you're going to see if you go to this haunt X, you know? Um, So we're not, I'm horrible at vlogging and I'm horrible at interviewing people on the spot, but if you get me somebody on the show or in my studio, it's, it's like whole, it's like you're on my turf, you know? Uh, But normally when we go to a haunt, we do talk to people. A lot of the stuff is off, off camera. Um, uh, I always get asked the question by the haunter, you know, what did you think every time? And I can give them a valid opinion. And and it's, it's funny because the conversation always goes the same way. Uh, what did you think? Well, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Or do you want to get legit feedback from somebody that sees a lot of these things? And uh, normally they, they get that. And I try to give them any sort of uh, positive reinforcement or or constructive criticism. So other than that, we most of our content, other than the show format, is run and gun. We don't edit. We don't do anything as much content as we can create um, while we're there on site in a very quick turnaround because I nobody got time for that. So <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of our philosophy on that. And um, 
and it, it works pretty well. You know, it works. It serves us really, really well. I wish I had more time to, to, you know, do all the big logging and stuff like that. I just don't. Wow. How about Jonathan and Crystal? Most of the time when I catch your show, you're mostly conversing amongst the two of you, but you do throw in the occasional interview. Yeah, we try to do an interview every four to eight episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Interviews take a lot of time. People think that bringing people on is much easier than having to come up with everything yourself, and it's not. Um, it's very, very difficult sometimes to bring people in. So we, uh, we, we do it every four to eight episodes. We, I think we have some interviews we're lining up now that I'm very excited about in upcoming episodes. But yeah, usually it's just the two of us right? and talking about the whatever the item of the week is. It's very much a, a item of the week episode, I would say. <laughs> How often or how soon you mentioned that you touched on it a little bit, but uh, how often do you sit down and do actual research versus just kind of talking off the cuff when you come up with a topic to discuss for that show? Some amount of research goes into every episode. Yeah. Um, Cause we do have show notes. We do work off show notes, which includes bullet points of facts and information we want to share. Some episodes are way more research intensive than others. The PR and haunting one we just did was very easy. That's my degree. Um, part right. of Any of the legend ones that I've put together, they took hours to research. Yeah. And there, there's one, a couple of ideas I've had for episodes that I really, really want to do, mm-hmm. but they're so research intensive. I've had to kind of work on them in the background over many, many weeks. Yeah. And I'm just now getting to a point where a couple of them may actually become episodes. So it, they require varying amounts of research. Every, there's always show notes behind the scenes. They're guiding the conversation. Though not no, not like a script, though we, we we try to find a happy medium between those two things. Cool. Hang on a second. I'm, I've lost my place in the script here. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, any questions from the hosts at this point? I, I have a comment actually, and I find it very refreshing because you, you, we've got four different podcasts on this show right now, and everybody's got their own niche. But it all works together. We're all we're all doing everything we can to promote the haunted attraction industry. But the big scary show versus haunting you versus haunt scene versus haunt weekly. We all cover different avenues of the same business, and that's what I love about this is, is because we can all do this and still, you know, have our own little segments that we do that nobody else does. And that's beautiful. Have you guys had any problems with other podcasts, competition or anything like that? When we first came out, when the old show we were affiliated with went under several podcasts popped up right about the same time. And and we get along with like 98% of them. There's, there was just one guy that ran a podcast that kept saying, Oh, we're going to put you under, we're going to bury you. We're going to be so much better than you. And he's not podcasting anymore, but that's okay. We don't, we don't talk about him. We don't worry about him, but uh, you know uh, what Jim said, you know, the fact that we all talk about the same thing yet completely different shows just shows that if you have something to talk about, you know, there's a place for you here. You know, everybody's got podcasts these days, it seems, but you know, None of us are doing the exact same show. Sure, they're all about the haunt industry, but we, you know, we may do a segment on home haunters. We may do a segment on, you know, conventions. We may do a segment on podcasters, but it, it's it's all different, and it all I think benefits the industry. And and do I think there's room for more podcasting? Absolutely. 
I, I don't think there's a glut of them on the market. I mean, I can name five or six off the top of my head that I listen to on a somewhat regular basis. But, uh, you know, there's always room for more. So if you are an aspiring podcaster out there, you know, give it a shot. You know, ask some of these people what you what, you know, for advice. You know, some of these people have been doing it as almost as long as we have. And, you know, some of them have done more shows than us. And some of them have, you know, insights that none of us have. In fact, you know, some of us have very few insights. You know, I'm not a haunter and, you know. I don't know if, uh, you know, if my word is any better or worse than anybody else's, but, you know, I think that Jerry and Jim and Storm all have something to say. And, and I think our show has a place and I think all your shows have a place. But have you guys ever had any issues with another podcast either saying, hey, you know, you you took a guest that we were planning on having or, you know, hey, we're, we're going to put you under no, just no. Yeah, I'm, hoping, no. I'm, hoping, I'm <laughs> just hoping no. Answer. I mean, that, that's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm hoping the answer is no for everybody because you know. Yeah, I'm, no, we've actually um, one of our guests was starting a podcast, so he's he's a newbie to the scene and asked us, you know, can you get me in touch with so and so who was on your show? So we asked and and made that happen for him. You know, so we're all about building up community, not tearing it down. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I do like. There is a real sense of cooperation in the haunt podcasting community because we are all in this together. And, and like, I don't pay any attention to analytics at all. I just don't because it's just, nothing good comes of that. Either it's stressed about how many people are watching or how few people are watching. There's no way to win. Um, so I, I just don't pay attention to it. But one of the ways I know that we have an endpoint is sometimes I'll see like our question of the week that we do or something like that appear elsewhere. It's like, oh, someone listened to that. That's nice. I'm going to pay attention to those answers, too. <laughs> their their <laughs> official I'm, entrance in the question of the week, they just don't know it yet. <laughs> I'm glad it's not a they stole our question. No. How dare they? I'm, I'm so glad. We actually there was actually <laughs> two. There was actually a second podcast that literally copied the old podcast verbatim. And it was a young guy, you know, and uh, we called him Junior. And, um, you know, same situation. Oh, you, we're going to bury you guys, blah, 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 blah. Well, they flatlined. So uh, what are you going to do on that one? <laughs> and now we find out, what, was it two weeks ago? No, last week. It was at, another, at Transworld. At Transworld. There's another podcast that just popped up. They've only put out two episodes where they have literally stole the name from the old podcast changed two letters and have copied many elements of that podcast. And I believe they got a cease and desist from the old podcast. So there you go. <laughs> well, Don't steal everybody. Everybody here is doing, we're all in this together. You know, that some people do things better than we do. You know, I mean, they're they're. you know, I mean, uh, okay. Uh, God help me, Brian. And, uh, Brian Foreman and, and Daryl Plunkey with Haunt right. Topic. Hot Topic. They right. got stuff on there we don't do. Right. You know, I mean, we've had them. We've had, we did one uh, show where they recorded, uh, we, rec we did a joint podcast at the same time, both shows recording from different, uh, different ends and aired them both at the same time. You know, so, I mean, if you can work together, that's great. If you're going to be a dick, well, you know, whatever. There's you know, no, yeah. time to have conflict. I mean, it's a community. And like I said earlier, you know, we all do the same thing, but we all do it differently. And, you know, I respect all of you guys for doing what you do because 
you have your own niche in this. And there's no time, there's no reason to have any infighting because everybody's got room in this industry to produce their content. Okay, now, Storm, you had a question that you wanted to ask. Right. Um, yeah, I was going to... Uh, the biggest thing we've evolved with and something that's always changed is the equipment. And that's like the biggest question I get asked by people at shows, conventions, you meet them. Oh, what equipment do you use and what do you do? So that's the big question. What equipment are you using right now and how, how has it evolved from where you began? Uh, Johnny, let's go with you first. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give a big conceit here. I have to supplement my lack of talent with spending money. So uh, we're at the point right now where we, uh, there's no really, there's no more return on investment with the things that we've purchased. Uh, we use neat microphones, these guys, because they sound good and they're really good value and they look cool as hell on camera. So <laughs> win, win, win. Uh, Sony a6400 is what I use for the, for the webcam when we're doing the live show. We've got a Yamaha MG MX U USB mic um, uh, sound mixer thing. Once again, I set it up and I don't touch it. Uh, but other than that, when we're out in the field, uh, I use most of it. A lot of stuff that I do is on my phone. I've got this and I got a Google Pixel, GoPro, time lapse, Insta 360 1X. I got a Mini 2 drone. I've got an IR camera for our scare cam. So I try to just create such a crazy amount of content when we're doing stuff that um, it gives it just it just gives a unique a little unique peek into into haunts you know, but the uh, we use uh, OBS Open Broadcaster System in combination with Zoom when we do our show. Um, I mainly just chop off the beginning and I uh, I trim it down and that's that's it. And then for the podcast I chop off the top i put our little podcast intro and then i publish it on uh, buzzsprout so that's basically it we like i said we're we're a very run and gun outfit awesome can't go wrong with any of that especially all the equipment for doing the on location stuff that's always always a big challenge and a lot of neat content there jonathan crystal what about you guys um cheap Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> is, and then, I mean, one that we have two. You factors. don't sound like a Burger King speaker drive-through, so you're not that. <laughs> <cheap>. <laughs> no, I can be Charlie Brown's teacher <laughs> in two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we uh, use basic uh, condenser mics um, from Amazon. I think they're newer brand. We're not. We didn't spend heavy on the mics. Mm -mm. Our recorder is the Zoom P4. We, I mean, the P. Yeah, sorry, the P4. We had the H4N for the longest time time but for here we went to the p4 because it gives us more control and it also gives us a soundboard and a few other things we can play with yeah until about four months ago yeah we use just the uh, h4n we actually use the mic the really good mics on the h4n it's actually a, a damn good recorder um, by itself and so we use that because we would just sit at like a table and put the recorder between us and talk into it and it worked really well and they kept our volume pretty balanced um and whenever we're going to haunts and so we talk about the haunts after we visit them in the car. Mm -hmm. So we will take that recorder with us still to record the conversations to make sure that our notes are right, because we visit so many and they're so close together that we can't always keep it straight at the end of the night. So it's just nice between haunts to record it and yeah. have it done. It's great for on location stuff. 
As for editing, I hate audio editing. I'm actually pretty good at it, but I absolutely hate it. Um, so I use a service called Alphonic to do the actual podcast editing. It does the leveling, balancing, all the good stuff there. It also adds the intro. And also it even uploads it to YouTube for me at no extra charge. We do podcast hosting through Fireside, um, but we're looking to change that probably because they're ticking me off repeatedly. But yeah, it's... um. And we do transcripts too, right? Yeah, transcripts through Alphonic. Yeah, they yeah. do automatic transcription. So mm-hmm. basically it's all about speed and cost efficiency for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness, I can't imagine, you know, us crushing some some system trying to transcript a big scary show. Keone, what about you? What, what equipment are you guys using to make the show? So cheap is the name of our game. Everything that we have, we have picked up secondhand, Facebook marketplace, Goodwill, etc. Like today I'm recording on a little sure lavalier microphone oh, um, yeah, man. that I picked up at Goodwill. Um, my buddy, John still uses the, um, uh, the lanyard on his uh his iphone when he's recording we do everything via skype and so i'm able to record it uh, with a little app called mp3 skype recorder which just records the in and out uh two channels in and out uh so all of my audio is on one channel all of uh leslie and john's audio is on the other which gives me a little bit of um a little bit of flexibility when I'm editing to uh, cut out things like ums and uh, Mm -hmm. blank spots and the dog barking in the background makes it a little bit harder when we have a guest on because their audio is now combined with the guest as well. But it's been working for us and um, 40 episodes strong. So we're going to keep it going until we uh, find something better. No, and that's a, that's a, unless it's a super generic name, if it's the same one, I think it is. That's a good uh, MP3 recording program too. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And the free version is, we're just using the free version and it has all the features that we could possibly need. It's excellent. Uh, For distribution, we use a service called Podbean. Um, Yep. Little bit, a little bit pricier than what we started with, um, but has a lot more features. It hosts our website and I really like it. Nice. I feel so inadequate. Everything I've recorded for the last 12 years has been on a Zoom H2. And I'm st- every interview you're hearing on this show at Transworld was done with that same H2. And I guess we just put our own segments together, throw, run it through Audacity, and, and boom, upload it. I, Jim knows all those technical things. Oh. I, I just talk. But uh, <laughs> oh, I, I myself have a Zoom L8 mixing board sitting here on my desk. Um, I use, uh, I used to have a Zoom H2, uh, which I, I retired and I bought a new Zoom H8. Oh, shush. Uh, which is just phenomenal. Um, and uh, we use Audacity. I mean, and I know Jerry uses different software yeah. uh, for what he does in the show. And, and Storm's got a Tascam recorder for his uh, on-location stuff. So uh, there's a whole bunch of hardware going on with us too. You know, it's... Yeah. I use an H4, a Zoom H4n. I'm, you can currently see my beautiful mug on my iPad Mini 3. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I use um, Sony SoundForge for uh, edit, uh, SoundForge 9 and 13 for editing, depending on what format the file shows up from Jim in. If it's MP3, I use it for one. If it's MP4, I use it for the other. Uh, sometimes I, I use Audacity for putting together the intro and roundtables. And sometimes I have to throw things into uh, my re- recording DAW, uh, Reaper, 
uh, if there's really an issue to kind of clean things up. So, and uh, other than that, other, other than that, as, as Badger was saying, you know, everybody has a voice in this show. I do instrumentals, so no, I don't. So there you go. And I know <laughs> Crystal, uh, Mac, all the way. Um, yep. got what Mac, Mac Davis? What I don't understand. Mac, Mac and cheese. Come on now. <laughs> for everything here and. And I know Jonathan's got a, a Mac M1, don't you, Jonathan? Yeah, I, my MacBook Pro died right as the M1s were coming out. So it's like, well, decisions made for me. Nice. But looking at the clock here, I know we have to start winding this down because I think Johnny has a, has a schedule conflict here. So I'm going to throw my last question out and then any final words from the hosts. Um, what would you say have been your best shows or interviews and I know some of you have a few shows. Some of you have a lot of shows. What would you say is your personal most memorable show? Uh, let's start with Keone. Sure. So last summer, just as COVID was getting going, uh, we noticed on Hunter's Hangout, Spencer Terry uh, published the uh, the Scare Factory COVID uh contingency plan and so we reached out to him and said hey can we talk about your plan and and feature it on our podcast he's like sure would you like me to come on and talk about it absolutely we'd like you to come on and talk about it so uh he's been on twice now we had him on to talk about it the first time and then back on again in january to talk about how his season went and each time it has just been at so much fun uh talk with him about how scare factory operates very cool how about you johnny and I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. Um, I think my favorite show, and it, it's kind of unfortunate how this one turned out, but um, there was a performance group at 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 Horror Nights a couple of years ago that has since kind of fallen off due to some bad stuff. But but uh, when I had them on the show, I had a bunch of people that that went out of their way when I asked them to record little tributes for them to like show much how much we appreciated them. And uh, I think that was probably one of my favorite moments on the show. Unfortunately, afterwards, just they got canceled. So, so it's just kind of sad afterwards. But, uh, but that was that was that was really cool. But there there have been a lot of like little moments where, you know, uh, you uh, we had um, we had uh, David Howard Thornton from uh, from Art the Clown from Terrifier. Having him on the show was just like 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 where did this come from you know so every <laughs> once in a while you i know but this probably happens on your shows as well you kind of step out of your body for a moment and you're like hmm all right then you know uh but i i've also uh some of my favorite things that i've done is uh uh some internal things or teaching classes that kind of thing that's kind of anything i could give back uh is is probably my favorite things uh but those are just some of the moments i could think of off the top of my head Nice. How about you, Jonathan and Crystal? Um, for me personally, uh, episode 87, we sat down with Jim Warfield from Raven's Grin Inn. And if anyone, if you know anything about Jim Warfield, you understand why I say my greatest journalistic accomplishment ever was getting him to sit in one chair for an hour and talk on one topic for an hour because he is a, a ball of lightning just constantly moving. So it was very interesting, but he had so much great experience, so much insight. And just such a great haunting story in general. I was really happy with that episode. I want him on the show so bad. <laughs> uh, Wednesdays are are his day off. <laughs> yeah, go, just go by his place on Wednesday. Jim, and, yeah, Jim yeah. Warfield, it is. Jim Good Warfield. to know. Yeah. Um, so 
that's a really hard one to answer for me because we've had so many great guests, you know, Japes Palace and um, any of his, he, he's just a knowledge bomb. You know, you're going to l- learn so much listening to those. I really liked the um, episode 238, Making Haunting a Safe Space for Everyone. This was with Brooke Englehart of Spinpuss. She's one of my favorite haunters. And mm, that was good. Yeah. It, yeah. It was really good. It, it actually kicked off a series of how to make a better haunting community. And it's more and more inclusive. And so I really am proud of that one. That That's one of my favorites. Yeah. That's a really good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. For, any uh, final questions from the guests or the hosts? Thank you for having me. I always appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. I, I'll just, uh, boy, I kind of feel bad about saying this, but I think my personal favorite guest was a big scary news guest when we uh, actually got to have a 15 minute sit down with Elvira and just talk for, you know, about. No, I can see why that's yeah. your favorite. Well, you know, there's, I have a couple of reasons why, but, you know, first of all, I had to go through all her people, quote unquote, to get to her for, for that time. And it took probably four or five months to actually set it up. I think from, it took from February to August. So six months to actually set up that interview, but it it actually was great. And, you know, we love doing that kind of stuff when they'll, they'll actually sit down and talk to you, but going through people that that's, that's miserable sometimes. But uh, if there are no further questions from the hosts or the guests, this is the part of the show that we normally call the plugs. So we want to hear all about your show. Tell us all about it. Tell us where people can listen to it, can watch it, can get more information. Let's start with Johnny. All right. Uh, Hunt scene on everything. Um, our, main, uh, our main platforms these days are going to be Instagram. And uh, we're, we're starting to not abandon Facebook. We're starting to kind of move away from that a little bit. Uh, we've decided to move the live show to YouTube Live. So as of June 1st, we'll be back on YouTube after doing Facebook Live for, for years and years and years, um, just for a long-term decision type thing. Uh, podcast version of the show is going to be available on all major podcast platforms. Uh, somehow made it on all of them. Uh, you can go to huntscene.com. That's where we have our local haunt directory and the resources of who we are, the places that we've been. Um, if anybody ever has any questions or I can help anybody, please reach out huntscene at gmail.com. And uh, I will, I will do whatever I can to, uh, to help you out. That's, that's really, that's kind of, that's it. So follow us, please subscribe, smash the like button and the subscribe button and the bell and all i i don't know i gotta get the youtube verbiage down so whatever you gotta do on youtube to follow us please do so and uh, we appreciate all the support and we appreciate all the opportunities that we've ever gotten so thank you so much for having me on here nice jonathan and crystal with haunt weekly tell us how people can get more information watch listen to get more info about we are hauntweekly.com or haunt weekly on facebook twitter all the socials basically we're youtube.com slash haunt weekly. We've got a YouTube channel with all the previous episodes available. And we also are live on Facebook live every Sunday at 8 PM central, 9 PM Eastern on a uh, facebook.com slash haunt weekly. And if you get a minute, check out the um, haunt weekly store at hauntweeklystore.com. We have bags, we have shirts. Please do not use any of them to store gasoline though. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But are they plastic bags? No, they're cloth bags. They wouldn't really hold it well anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Not that that stops people, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, Keone, what about you? Where can people hear more about haunting you, get your insights and websites, social medias, et cetera? Absolutely. Uh, The best place to find us is our website. That's hauntingyou.com with just the letter U. And you can, because we're not as cool as the other podcasts, uh, all of our social media is slightly different. So facebook.com slash haunting you. Twitter is at haunting universe one Instagram at haunting university. I highly recommend go check out the website and it will link you to all of those. If you want to see the haunt that we're building, uh, that's facebook.com slash SCE haunt Sanguine Creek Estates SCE haunt on Facebook. And I have to give a shout out to uh, the chamber of haunters as well. They picked us up as uh our primary sponsor a couple of months ago. So we're the official podcast of the chamber of haunters. Uh, you can find them chamber of com as well. Very nice. Uh, Jim, give a plug to a uh, wrestle horror. Where can people get more info on that? Okay. Well, you can find out, you can find wrestle horror at uh, Um Facebook at wrestle horror, Instagram at wrestle horror, Twitter at wrestle horror, um, and you can find us on all the streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. Russell Horror is all over the place. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolutely great conversation. Love talking podcasting with you guys. I want to thank our very special guests, Jonathan Bailey and Crystal Ramey with Haunt Weekly, Johnny Bronto with Haunt Scene, Keone Hutton with Haunting You. And of course, we couldn't do this without our great hosts, including Storm. I love the concept of what people are doing while they listen to podcasts and what's the motivational because now we have a new bumper, the big scary show, your podcast for eating a bag of chips. Meat hook, Jim. Uh, I love the, the camaraderie that's going on here. Everybody's just, you know, like I said earlier, it's everybody's got their niche, but everybody has a place in the haunting industry and everybody works together. And that's beautiful. Couldn't say it better. Jerry Vane. The Kumbaya is momenting all over the place. (laughs) My name is Drew Badger. Wondering how we can get in on some of that merchandise stuff. Maybe we'll have to talk to Jonathan and Crystal after the show. Once again, folks, this is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show.
gentlemen it is time for the gruesome giveaway for the month of june sponsored by our very good friends at screamline studios visit screamlinestudios.com and check out everything they have for sale if you're lucky you could win one of those products right here and right now i'm going to ask you a question the answer is in the show if you think you know that answer email it to us contest at bigscaryshow.com and you could be a winner. The deadline to enter is midnight on June 14th. It's just that simple. So without further ado, the question for the June gruesome giveaway is, and they don't get any easier than this one, folks. What is the name of the new segment that we are debuting on this very show? If you think you know the answer to that, email that to us, contest at BigScaryShow.com by midnight on Monday, June 14th, and you could very easily be a winner here on The Big Scary Show. Previous winners and family members of The Big Scary Show are not eligible to win, but a big thank you to StreamlineStudios.com for providing some incredible prizes that we can't wait to give to you, possibly if you enter, here on The Big Scary Show. Good luck. Come, my little neophytes, and sit by the fire. It's time to ask the old crone. <laughs> I hear you're worried about your size, hmm? Oh, I mean the size of your haunt, that is. Listen, we can't all be Netherworld or Dark Hour, but you don't have to be in order to give big scares. This old crone recently asked the Halloween Attraction Association what is considered a small attraction. Why, I was shocked to hear that their definition of a small haunt is less than 100000 in sales. I don't know about you, but I'd kill for 100000 in sales. <laughs> I'd hide a body for you if it got that many people to my haunt. But just because we don't have large attractions, or maybe some of you are very successful home haunters wanting to go pro, it doesn't mean we don't all have big dreams. So I'm going to share advice and answer questions that you, the small haunt owner or home haunter, have to help you get the best out of your space, props, actors, and budget. 
We'll be discussing things I've learned over the last 12 years during my journey from the home haunter to professional attraction, plus words of wisdom from others who grew their attractions from ground up. So what's my first bit of sage advice, you ask? Don't focus on what you don't have, child. Focus on what you do have. Make a SWAT list. Oh, what's a SWAT list, you may ask? SWAT stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Obstacles, and Threats. Now, you already have the biggest strength, which is your desire and passion for the haunt industry. No one, and I mean no one, should ever get into the haunt industry unless they have that drive to make it a way of life. Perhaps you also have artistic skills, building skills, etc. that are very handy. Maybe one of your strengths is your support system. Friends and family that believe in you and willing to help out is priceless. Weaknesses. Oh, mine is always money. Maybe it's a small or perhaps no location. Not enough knowledge about electronics or building props. YouTube can be your friend. How many of us haunters would not be around if it wasn't for YouTube or Sir Alan Hops? <laughs> Obstacles. This might be building codes, fire inspections, or teenagers who flake out on us. Threats, unfortunately, can be something as simple as our own self-doubt. Why, at least once a year, I have the mini panic attack of, Oh my God, what if no one shows up? Or that nightmare that is one hour till you open the door and nothing is done. And you're naked. <laughs> of course, there are real threats. Like community events, weather, or there again, money. Just don't let your own fears be your worst threat. Now, dear, you have your SWAT list. So you're thinking, what now? How can you move your weaknesses, obstacles, and threats into the strength category? Why think outside the box? Learn what you don't know. Find a mentor. Build a support system. And maybe get a second job or a rich uncle or sugar daddy. <laughs> Doing a SWOT list makes you analyze and focus. It gives you a clear picture of your assets and needs. A clear picture of what you do have, if you will. Ah, uh, I see the fire is about to burn out. But if you have any questions for this old crone, send them to scream at Banshee Manor. And until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. <laughs> Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. We are live at Transworld in St. Louis and I'll tell you what, about a year or so ago when Transworld was told it wasn't going to be here, we had one of the most depressing roundtables ever and I believe this man was a part of it, Mike Yazumbek of Hallucination Creations. You know, we weren't all sure what was going to happen to the industry when there was no trade show or anything, but the trade show's back. Mike is back and apparently doing well. How you doing, man? I'm doing great now that, that we're back and hopefully making money this weekend. Well, let's let's hope it, man. There's a lot of people 
walking around with smiles on their faces, even though you can tell through the mask or not. <laughs> but uh, people carrying stuff, people shopping. I'm seeing a lot of orders being written at a lot of places. And uh, what is new this year for Hallucination Creations? Oh, well, we got a... Um... I guess for this year at the show is stuff new for last year also. So we got a couple new air blasters that we came out with that actually selling really good. We sold a couple last year through our online store, and we probably sold at least six already at the show here, uh, which is an air blaster that mounts overhead. So that's new for that lineup. We got a couple new uh, of our do-it-yourself mechanisms. Um, those are doing pretty good here at the show. And then our animatronics, we got two that are more of our, on our uh, premium lineup, which is one is uh, the crane animatronic. I which, saw that, the body that's hanging from the crane. Yeah, so the, the crane actually drops down, and then the body has multiple movements that flails around. That's pretty cool. So it's getting a bunch of good feedback. People are liking it, so we'll see how it goes. So that's new for 2021. Um, we also got our infected grandma, which is a... Uh, um, that is the name of my next band. <laughs> that is a great Yeah, that sounds like some metal band. Like. Damn right. <laughs> and she uh, she holds a walker, and then she just moves around, and, but then her whole head splits to the side, and this, like, alien tentacle creature thing pops out the center up and down, and okay. it, it's pretty wicked. Like, people don't really see it coming, and then there's audio with it, too, so once the thing shoots up, the, the audio gets super loud, and it's it's pretty good startle scare. Nice, nice, nice. Now, you know, I know that uh, a lot of a, a lot of people are talking about a couple things here. You mentioned to me, like, you know, the organ, but you're next to this bed. That yeah, is, the, the exorcist bed, yeah. Who, I don't know who's making that. So and, that's you know. uh, uh, Dead Farm Productions, okay, which that is I know they, uh, they've been around for quite a bit. I know oh, they, yeah. they were in the dark zone and stuff like that, but we talked to them for a bit. They seem like pretty cool guys. How, so. how, uh, how I don't, I don't want to say it in this way, but how annoying is that going off every few minutes? I mean, it's, I, honestly, it, between the air blasters and the train horns we got in our booth, I don't even notice it. Like, uh, I'm like, in my right ear, I'm almost deaf. <laughs> is this this year's, you know, giant it creature stabbing the little kid yeah. thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it right there for sure. I mean, and they get they get crowds of people coming oh, out. Like, yeah. like, when they first open up, it's like people are just flocking to it with cell phones, you know. And, and then, then they turn and see your stuff. Yeah, and, and then it's we, like, it's, I'm, it's like, great, I'm like, yo, yo, hit the train horn, hit the train horn, look, <laughs> look over here, you know. No. Nice. So, no, people come by, so it's cool. It's We've had a bunch of big crowds, and I got some extra help this year, so it's been been pretty good. Well, excellent, you know, especially like a year ago when we were talking with a couple of vendors, and, you know, it was, let's face it, it was depressing. Nobody knew, you know. Were we all going to be here in a year? Will we have to shut the companies down? We have to lay off everybody and, and yeah, all that. Yeah. But it, but it looks like the industry is finally starting to roar back here. Yeah, yeah. It seems like like the show. I, I noticed, you know, of course, some vendors didn't come. They posted. Sure. Some of them scaled down, which makes which makes sense. Or later in the season, but I mean, last year I built a bunch of cash and carry stuff to to prep for the show that I was pretty much sitting on. And I mean, we we went through all that in pretty much the first day. So. Nice. It's cool to have products that you didn't have to wait for, and, you know, they, it helps us out, too. Because so. I'm, I'm pretty much like a one-man show, so I got that. If I get booked up, I got, you know, a couple of my buddies coming over helping out. But, yeah, I'm pretty much a one-man show, so. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well, and it's always a good thing to see the uh, people coming back and admiring all the new props. So for people wanting more information about Hallucinations Creations, how can they get more information, websites, social medias, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. We're active on all the Facebook groups, Hunters Hangout, Pro Hunters Hangout. 
Uh, my name is Mike Zumbeck. You can message me personally. we got our Instagram and Facebook page, which is Hallucinations Creations. Or you can check out our online store, which is HallucinationsCreationsStore.com. Excellent, Mike. Cool. Glad to hear that you did well and Thank you survived you. the pandemic so far, and you're back in full force here, and there goes the bed. <laughs> so anyway, my name is Drew Badger. We're here at Transworld in St. Louis admiring all the cool sights and sounds. And I'm out. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. Another episode of Between the Corpses. And in this episode, we are traveling to the land of vodka and Vladimir Putin, the largest country in the world, Russia. The Russian people have their own unique traditions and customs surrounding death and funerals. While we commonly think of the stereotypical American Christian funeral when someone passes on, this can look very different for Russian families. Whether you're attending your first Russian funeral or you're interested in this country's beliefs, this guide is for you. We will uncover all the unique parts of the Russian funeral tradition, as well as understand how they evolved throughout the ages. Modern Russian funeral traditions can stem from both superstitious and religious beliefs. Russian culture contains many superstitions about how people die, and these superstitions have endured throughout the centuries. According to Russian tradition, people can die in two ways, good or bad. Though the black and white outlook sounds familiar to the Christian belief of heaven and hell, that's about the only thing they share. For Russian families, a good death is one that occurs naturally at the end of one's life. A good death is any death planned by God, such as an elderly person passing in their sleep. On the other hand, a bad death is when a loved one passes unexpectedly before their time. Accidents and terminal illnesses are typical examples of a bad death. Once a person dies, Russian tradition states that the person's soul will linger for up to 40 additional days on earth. For those who have suffered a bad death, the soul is stuck on the mortal plane for even longer. After a death occurs in the family, people cover their mirrors and stop the clocks in the home. Russian folk folklore stipulates that mirrors are gateways to the land of the dead, and according to superstition, the per first person to see their reflection in a mirror after someone has died will be the next to die. Family members also stop the clocks to assist, assist their loved one's soul move on quicker into the afterlife. All of these traditions stem from strong folk tales and lore passed through the generations. Most traditions are Russian Orthodox, so funerals will follow the Russian Orthodox tradition. These customs vary greatly from other branches of Christianity, but share some commonalities. Immediately after the death of a loved one, the family bathes the body and clothes the body in white. The body is also wrapped with a belt for protection, as Russian folk tradition states that the soul must be bound to the body. The body is left out in an open casket for three days for friends and family to visit and pay their respects to the family. After the viewing, the service takes place. The funeral service follows strict steps, 
starting with guests circling the open casket in a counterclockwise direction. While circling the casket, mourners place flowers and kisses on the deceased person's body. At the end of the ceremony, they cover the body with a burial shroud. Russian folklore claims that the soul of the deceased remains on earth for 40 days before it goes to heaven. To help with the soul pass on from earth, families host gatherings throughout that period of time. Traditionally, families hold gatherings on the 3rd, 9th, and 40th day after the death of a loved one. These specific days are of significance in the Russian tradition. At each gathering, families are encouraged to express their grief, condolences, and mourn their loss. With this emotional outpouring, their loved one's soul is encouraged to pass more easily into the afterlife. Russian Orthodox funerals include a reading of a book of Psalms, with the most common reading being Psalm 118. Funeral songs and hymns are also popular during funerals. In the case of a military funeral, a band plays the old funeral march. Otherwise, popular songs and sims include the Trisagian hymn Funeral March by Chopin and Eternal Memory by Pavel Chesnikov. Russia also has a large Jewish population with a rich history of particular Jewish-Russian rituals. Similar to the Russian Orthodox religion, these traditions stem from a long history of folklore. Jewish funerals are completed within 24 hours of the death, if possible. After the death, there is a cleansing ceremony known as Rechisop. The body is then dressed in a white Jewish burial shroud, similar to Russian Orthodox tradition. The body is not left alone from the moment of death until burial. Prior to the burial, the family places the clean body in a casket. The casket is typically a simple, unadorned wooden box. There is usually no wake in the Jewish tradition. Instead, the family gathers around the casket for a tradition known as Kiriah. In this practice, family members tear a piece of their clothing as a sign of their mourning. They wear this torn item of clothing throughout their mourning period. The first period of mourning takes place the first week following the death, also known as the Shiva. During this week, a Shiva candle is lit and kept burning. There's a second mourning period known as a Shloshism. This lasts until the 30th day after the funeral. Funeral services are held at either a synagogue, a funeral home, or a gravesite. During the funeral, a rabbi will lead prayers, the reading of a eulogy, and the reading of psalms. After the service, mourners travel to the cemetery. They can travel on foot or by car depending on location. The rabbi will again say prayers at the gravesite. It's traditional to also recite the mourner's Kaddish, a Jew Jewish funeral prayer. Finally, the body is interred in the ground. During a graveside service, mourners place dirt into the grave as a sign of respect. There are many prominent prayers in the Jewish-Russian tradition. During the service, the rabbi reads selections from the Book of Psalms. Prayers are usually in Hebrew or Russian, Common prayers include El Male Rakhayim, Mourners Kadish, Zuka Hadim, Borash Atu Edonoi Eleno Mele Halom Dayan El Ahaz. Blessed are you, God, and I know I butchered that. After the graveside service, there is a reception 
at a family home or synagogue. The deceased family will serve a traditional Russian Jewish meal, usually with eggs as a symbol of life. The funeral is on the first day of Shiva, the seven-day mourning period. During Shiva, it is typical to close for close family and friends to visit the mourning family to offer support. After Shiva, the family returns to their normal schedule for their duration of Shloshism, or the 30-day mourning period. There are additional memorials on the anniversary of the death at Yom Kippur. Russian funerals are usually somber affairs and require some research into etiquette to help you pay proper respects during this time. In both Russian Orthodox and Jewish tradition, it's expected for guests to wear formal dark funeral attire. Clothing should be conservative and appropriate for a religious service. While open casket funerals are common in many parts of the world, you need to know that the etiquette specific to Russian customs during a Russian Orthodox wake, guests move around the casket in a circle counterclockwise. Guests are welcome to place flowers next to the body or even kiss the body. By contrast, as I mentioned, above, I mentioned previously, there is no viewing at a Jewish funeral. Though all funerals can be quite somber, Russian funerals may even, may even be more so. As a result, it may be difficult to share or express your emotions publicly as these events can err on the conservative side. The most common gift at a Russian Orthodox funeral is funeral flowers. However, it is traditional to only bring an even number of flowers. Russian people believe numbers have strong significance during these times. In particular, odd numbers are often symbols of celebration used at birthdays, weddings, and so on. However, as the ceremonies are more simple for Jewish funerals and focus on the grieving families, Flowers may not be appropriate. In this case, a donation or sympathy card would be more useful. In Russian Orthodox tradition, a procession brings the body to its final resting place. Mourners throw sticks behind them as they proceed to the cemetery, helping to block evil spirits from following them. In both Orthodox and Jewish traditions, mourners shovel or throw dirt onto the casket. While traditions vary, it's common for the service to include a small bit of vodka poured into the grave. This ensures safe passage into the afterlife. Like all traditions around the world regarding funerals, the Russians' unique views on death have been shaped by hundreds of years of history and culture. Though their superstitions may be different, these superstitions provide an important and useful lens through which to understand their funeral rites. Yeah. That was a bit long-winded, and I apologize to my Jewish friends for butchering some of those Jewish terms. Uh, I, I did the best I could, um, tried to read them phonetically, which I'm sure was wrong. But uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this bit about Russian funerals, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. You sweat, but you don't dare move. You want to scream, but you can't. Terror grips every nerve in your body. And your heart is beating so fast, it feels like your eardrums are going to burst. You swallow hard, and you realize there is nothing you can do but wait. 
and squirm. Now American International Pictures presents Squirm, the ultimate horror. Millions of writhing, seething creatures oozing out of the mire, shocked into a frenzy by 100,000 volts of electricity, driven by an uncontrollable urge to feed on human flesh. Squirm. Rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at Transworld in St. Louis, chatting with all the cool kids and like to talk to the folks that have booths near us because, hey, we're stuck in the booth all day. This is Grave FX. They do a lot of cool lighting effects. They have monster eyes. We'll get into that, I'm sure. And cameras. You know, it's a sad state of affair, but you do need cameras at your haunt these days for security purposes. Maybe some of these lighting things and, of course, the fisheye cameras and movable stuff. Talking to John here. John, how you doing? Good, good. Tell us a little bit about what some of this is. You know, I love the cameras here. You've got them set up at various points, and you're kind of pointing them in different directions here. But this looks more like a fisheye camera than a standard. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a 4-megapixel, 120-degree fisheye camera. Great for your haunt. You put them on the ceiling, put them on the, uh, the wall, uh, keep an eye on your actors, keep you know an eye on also the participants that are messing with your actors or your props. <laughs> Absolutely, and and maybe even for like an escape room or something, so you can monitor. Absolutely, and actually, I have people use them in escape rooms so they can talk to the uh, participants and give them clues. These are these are gorgeous, and and they give you what? How many degree vision is this? One hundred and twenty degree. Wow, that that's a lot. I mean, it, it just looks so funky. And God, I look fat in a fisheye lens. <laughs> As a standard one too. But tell us a little bit about some of these black lights here. These are really neat, and I can't believe how small and thin some of these are. Yeah, they're really thin, well designed. Uh, they're waterproof. They could actually go under three feet of water. Uh, we have 400 up to 150 watt. Uh, 150 watt probably do a 60 by 60 area. And and these are not the black lights that like give you cancer and stuff like that, right? Correct. <laughs> these yes. are all LEDs. Yeah, they're all LED and they're all under 400 nanometer. That's where over 400 is where it gets risky. Okay. And how um, how much power do these things use? Do they use less power than standard black light bulbs? Oh, absolutely, much less, much less. Probably a third of what a regular black light bulb would use. Which would save you costs of power and stuff in the long run as well. These yeah. are these are fantastic items here. Absolutely, they definitely will serve. And they also the glass is actually almost uh, unbreakable on the front. Oh, nice. Because I assume at some point someone's going to try to tap the glass or something if they see it. You know. Of course. You know, customers. Uh, <laughs> Gotta love it. And uh, this is really intriguing here. I love these. This is a pair of what you call monster eyes. It's uh, two very tiny little, I guess, display boards with uh, blinking and moving eyes. What is what is the concept behind that? And I could see a whole lot of uses for this. Yeah, the concept is, you know, if you build a prop yourself, you need some eyes. You can fit them in there. Uh, they're a standard 63 millimeters apart like a human eyes. 
um, but you can also separate them and add a cable and go and move them to wherever you want. I've also had people uh, interested in putting them in walls, a room full of eyes, and then Ooh. you throw a couple of these in there and you have the eyes moving around. Is this something that an actor could, say, put in a mask or something like that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. nice. Because, you know, how many of us have seen those giant static props and all we see are black eyes, which right. is always a cool concept. Sometimes they've got like a little red LED in there or something as a glowing eye, but these are actually moving. They're looking around. God, they're winking at me. That's kind of creepy. But uh, are these programmable, or are they just running a certain program pattern right now, or is this something you can customize? Um, they, they run a standard uh, program, um, but you, there's 12 different eyes you can choose from. Uh, simple upload from your computer with a USB cable, and you can change them. In minutes. Oh, they're fantastic. I, I love all this. For people wanting more information on maybe your black lights, your cameras, the fisheye lens here, and of course the monster eyes, where can they get more information with websites and social medias? Uh, at graveeffects.com. Graveeffects with an S.com. So grave, graves or grave? No, grave effects. Okay, so grave FXS. Yes. Dot com. Yes. So gravefxs.com. You're based out of Florida. You ship everywhere, right? Yes, sir. John, always a pleasure to speak to All folks right. here at Transworld. Once again, folks, if you need cameras or if you want to look at these monster eyes or need some black lights, go check out gravefxs.com. And John will set you right up. Once again, folks, Drew Badger here at Transworld in St. Louis. And we're out. Transylvania Transport Company. Suit your island on the Big Scary Show. Everybody, Drew Badger here. We're live at Transworld in St. Louis, and we're talking to all the cool kids and things. And 
Some of the folks around where our booth is are rather busy, one of them being Screaming Banshee Studios. Lots and lots of really scary clown masks and some static props and everything. Got Skyler here, the owner. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. You're not too far down the road down in eastern North Carolina. Oh, no, sir. So, you know, long drive up here to St. Louis. Uh, tell us a little bit about Screaming Banshee Studios. How long you been out there? How long you been coming to Transworld and some of the things you make? Well, this is our first year at Transworld, and we are, we are hunt owners, and uh, we just said, hey... You know what? We we got the talent and everything. Let's sculpt and let's try to make our uh, a booth and see how it goes. What haunt is that that you guys work with? Uh, Nightmares Haunted Trail. Right. And do you make all the props and everything? You know, the, these are some really fine masks and stuff. Do you make these for your actors? Uh, yes, we do. And then uh, we also buy from a bunch of the vendors out here at Transworld, too. And you what, do you customize them for actors and things, or do you just use them in the haunt as, as most people? We use them at, in the okay. haunt as most people. <laughs> So how long um, how long have you been making these things? I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff is, shall we say, clown-related, but there's um, there's Santa out there, there's some horned demon kind of things out there, and a lot of cool body bags. It looks like Krampus is making an appearance out there, too. So we've been making stuff and in the special effects for about two years, but as far as the business, uh, this is our first. We've been in business for about two months. Oh, wow. So, so you're, you're not a... Uh, you're not starting with the smaller shows. You're heading right to the top here. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, we went right to the top. <laughs> and, and I know we've only been open for like, you know, three or four hours or so, but, you know, I've seen lots and lots of people stopping here and taking a look at all your stuff. What are they mostly interested in? As of right now, they're looking at our uh, Camp Crystal Lake victims with the machete stabbed through them, and they're also interested in a bunch of our clown masks mainly. Yeah, you, you've got a lot of clown masks there. Not, not that I'm afraid of clowns or anything, but... Uh, Tell us a little bit. Are they latex? Are they silicone? How, how do you how do you create these? All of them are uh, latex masks and everything. And as of anything else, uh, everything starts as a sculpt, and then you make the mold, and you pour it with latex. And it's and what about the body bags and everything? Are there, are there real bodies in them? Huh? They <laughs> might be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. And and I really like the uh, Christmas stuff here. The Krampus. Krampus is becoming huge all over the country and everything. And the I'm guessing that's evil, Santa. What, what's going on with that? Well, we notice uh, a lot of haunts are starting to do a Christmas show, and Transworld, of course, is Halloween and Christmas, so we gave it our little twist, and we, we brought it both to the show. Very, very nice. Now, you know, you're brand new in this business and everything, and, and you've already got a crowd here, so I want to wish you nothing but success on this. Here's to a big show. Um, for people who want more information about Screaming Banshee Studios, Maybe check out a line of your products. If you've got a catalog out there online somewhere, what are websites and social medias where people can get more information? Uh, we just now made a uh, Facebook page, but as far as websites or anything, like I said, we just started this two months ago, so right. we haven't really like made our websites and stuff yet. We waited to see how the show goes. And, and if anything happens, it looks like it's going to be a great one. So look for Screaming Banshee on facebook is it screaming banshee studios what is it it's screaming banshee studios on facebook okay well we'll start there and i'm assuming you'll put links up and all that oh yes sir <laughs> so as a brand new vendor here welcome to Transworld. my name is drew badger this is our ninth year at Transworld. but uh once again folks check out screaming banshee studios on facebook check out their line of clowns their crystal lake um, victims look really cool the static props and of course krampus and evil santas and all that Skyler, okay, welcome to Transworld. I wish you nothing but success. My name is Drew Badger here on The Big Scary Show, and we're out.
Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Creepy Collection. And Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, actor, trainer, and consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.